It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Yes, I'm Jonathan. I am on the, have been sitting on the edge of my seat for a week since our last discussion. No, I okay. We I'm kidding. It's the magic of radio and recording. But we have on the phone calling in from Ohio, from Springfield, Ohio. We have Bruce and Amy Willman and Jason Channels, pastors of Hope. I'm sorry, <laughs> the pastors of Champion City Church. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me here on Counterculture. Fantastic. We've had such a great discussion. We got the background. Listen to episode one if you haven't heard the background of why two churches separate uh, in a city decided they needed to merge, what God was doing in their hearts. Incredible background and story. And now we're going to get into, like, it sounds like we got, they're, they're about ready to, like, get married as a church. <laughs> they've got the rings, they're think they thought, they're the, you know, they've maybe even, they haven't picked out the cake yet, but they're really thinking, like, should we be doing this? And so uh, I think we left off, uh, but before we get into the final story, we just need a, a little more background. We get the real dirt about fake news with Bruce and Amy. So Bruce, why don't you, why don't you see if I can guess. The two of you, or what? What's fake and what isn't? So maybe both of you go. Okay, you I go can first, go first. Tommy? Yeah, I'll go first. So here's the two options. Number one, I have never left the United States. Okay. And number two, I went to big time wrestling school after college. Okay, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say. Oh, well, actually, Amy, why don't you go, and I'll see if I can see if I can see a pattern here. Okay. Well, one is when I was in Venice, Italy, I accidentally set off an alarm in a very, very fancy Italian okay. museum. And okay. the Italian police, you know, got very anxious and suspicious. And the other is when I was in Belize on a mission trip. I went to a coral reef to do a little scuba diving, and I was a, with a bunch of nurses on this medical mission trip, and we were basically swimming with these sharks that were called nurse sharks. Nurse sharks. Yeah, okay. so scuba diving with the nurse sharks, it was a bunch of nurses in Belize, or getting the Italian police after me in a, in a okay. museum. Okay, so it's interesting. I'm glad I had you both go because... If you've been to two different countries, or been, which probably implies you've been to a lot of different countries, that means chances are your husband has traveled abroad too. Because if you if you got the bug, then your husband probably at some point has got to experience it. So I'm say, Bruce, that it was fake news that you've never been abroad. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. Wow, I have been abroad. You have. Okay. <laughs> You used your powers of deduction. Incredible. I didn't get to this position just by accident. It's (laughs) it's because of massive, massive mental skills and about about a 5,000. But you do realize what this means. (laughs) This means that Bruce has been to big time wrestling school. That's right, which is a bunch of awesome. 
and, and so that's yeah, even uh, a lot more questions. We might need a third. We episode. do need yes. <laughs> you need uh, a third episode, and maybe you need some more counseling. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so, so that means, Amy, I'm going to guess that, you know, either one of those is plausible, although you said missions trip and then a lot of scuba diving. So maybe there's some inconsistencies in your Belize story. So I'm going to say the Belize is fake news. The only reason it's fake news is because that was my daughter. She went on oh, a trip okay. with a bunch of nurses and swam with the nurse shark. Okay. But I set off an alarm. At a Venetian. Okay, so they both actually happen just to different per- people. Okay, okay, that's good. But I, very, they're both great stories. Okay, I don't want to cut lose. It. What's that? The Italian story. I'm literally sitting in the cafe of the museum with a friend, and an alarm went off, and I said, "I'll bet that was my wife." <laughs> okay, nice. And that is funny. Ugh. Um, so I love, I just want to hang with you guys, but I want also want to hear this amazing story. So we were on a cliffhanger, Jason and his wife are saying, should we form, merge with this white, these white folks <laughs> and form a church? <laughs> we have Uniting Faith Church. We've got Champion City Church. What are we going to do? So Jason, why don't you finish up this, that part of it? Yes, uh, so um, you can hear what amazing and fun people that that yeah. Bruce and Amy are, and so you know, definitely hard to to say no. And so, but before um, uh, I gave them my answer, I, I told them, you know, I would talk to my wife about it, and that we would pray, and then perhaps we can get together and pray. Um, so I did talk to my wife, and she was just you know kind of dumbfounded and amazed because, as I said, we were already wrestling with. Did we lose Jason? Can we hear you? I think we oh, lost. Oh goodness! I, I think hope, I hope his battery didn't die. I hope his battery didn't die too. Oh no! <laughs> okay. Well, Bruce, why don't you keep? Can you can finish the story? We'll, and yeah. then if Jason hops back yeah. in, we'll we'll add him on. Yes. Yeah, so they um, they prayed about it. They came over to our house on uh, that week. So three or four days later, they came over to our house, and we thought we were just gonna you know talk together. And we talked and prayed together for about five hours. Oh my goodness! And the Lord just knit our hearts together. Um, we like we we stood to to pray like they're going to leave, and we stood in our dining room for two hours and prayed. Wow! Like it was one of those type of prayers. Wow! And um, there's just something that happened in the room that day where our hearts were just knit together. Mm. And uh, he called me the next day and he said, "Listen." He said, I don't know what my church will think of this, but Teresa and I are in. Yeah. No matter what, we're in. Yeah. And wow. um, it just began that, that journey towards bringing two churches together. Oh, my goodness. And so this tells me something. This isn't just some strategic thing. This tells me this is really a work of God in your yeah. hearts prior and and a, and, a, and a spiritual confirmation when it was when you brought the two of you together, would that be yeah, fair? For sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Don't you, Amy? Yeah, yeah. And part of Jason and Teresa's side of things was they had actually had someone that they knew really well and loved and trusted. Yeah, that gave them um, really just said that they sensed from the Lord that they were going to be asked to merge churches with someone. And so they actually had a little bit of a prophetic heads up from this person 
um, which I believe God in His <laughs> mercy and His sovereignty will sometimes give us those extra layers of confirmation for when, for those moments when things really seem daunting and, and you're like, what were we thinking? And this is really hard. And yes. How do we, how do we know? Um, I love the story of the Jerusalem Council because it gives me so much comfort. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best we could come up with is that quote where they say, it seemed best to us and the right. Holy Spirit. Right? <laughs> That's right. And you're like, oh my gosh, they were making some major decisions and the best they could do was it seem best to us? Seems that, best, right. But that, yeah, but that consoles me. But other times God knows that we need a lot more a, a lot more layers of confirmation than that. Yeah. And so I believe the Lord gave us that with these people that were speaking into it and had had some supernatural insight and dreams and, and prophetic words of encouragement so that we would know we weren't crazy. And I, <laughs> uh, you aren't crazy, and I, I think, well, maybe you are a little bit, um, but I think that <laughs> a good kind of crazy, you're willing to step out of the, the, the lanes that we're in and, uh, and that you were in and listen to the Lord. And so I also want to say that we all, um, when we hear about God speaking and, and we often think that we can't do anything unless God speaks, yet God has spoken through his word. Often I feel like he, he does these divine revelations usually to prepare us for something difficult <laughs> because it's going to yeah. be challenges and it's not mm-hmm. going to be easy, and you, you you go back to that confirmation, like God, no, God is. Mm-hmm. This is if it, if it was just a good idea, we would have quit. <laughs> but yes, yeah, you know. Exactly. But if it's oh, simply, sure. yeah. But this is really, you know, so the Lord, so you'll persevere. So I think it's just that encouragement. Um, mm-hmm. So what were just uh, maybe list like two, like one is theology, and two is culture, and how you address those two uh, issues with two different churches merging. Is Jason sure. back on? Um, yes. yes oh, welcome back, back Jason. Oh, perfect. Jay, you're back. <laughs> well, why don't you tackle that one? <laughs> gotcha. Um, so um, when it comes to, you know, the, the issues of, of theology, you know, what I, you know, love about, the love about Champion City uh, uh, Church, you know, being at the time was this, this um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know op- open theology, um to where they weren't just they weren't closed off to to other ideas or, or, or beliefs or, or thinking. Uh, they didn't you know didn't feel as though um, they had it all right and every, everyone else was was wrong. Uh, but um, you know really uh, um, try to look at scripture for for you know what it was you know and that's you know the scripture and, and that you know there are you know uh, some. Areas where we may say you know are, are non-negotiable, but but then there's other areas where it's you know just kind of kind of gray and um, um, and so and, and not and not becoming locked into you know this is how I was you know uh, you know born and raised or this is what I was taught and so therefore it is um, and uh, and so that kind of helped in the transition you know mm-hmm. uh, theologically and then you know just along the way just some of the uh, uh, the the teachings and and understandings that I began uh, began to come into as well uh, kind of prepared my heart uh, for the transition. Um, uh, uh, when we merged, I was in, uh, a part of a fellowship called the uh, Family of 
of ministries. And um, I remember being in a part of a pastor's meeting in Apostle Piper. Um, in that meeting, though, he had come from an Assemblies of God background. Yes. Um, in this meeting, he was talking about how uh, we can learn from uh, the Catholics and, and, and the Methodists and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, these various uh, uh, denominations of, of churches. Uh, he was giving honor to them and, and, and talking about what we can gain from them. And so that just, that opened my mind to, you know, the idea that, you know, you know, <laughs> that we don't have it all, you know, and that, right. that we do need to be, you know, you know, generous in our theology and be open to, you know, other ideas and, and how we might be wrong and so, they might be right. And, uh, but let's come together, you know, on, on a common thing. What, and that's, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, he's the son of the living God. What about um, culture though? That's sometimes I think there some ways yeah. we, it, theology obviously has been divi- massively divisive over the years, but, Culture is, is is sometimes harder to spot, but can be equally yeah. divisive. Yeah, doesn't isn't it Simon Sinek that says culture eats systems for breakfast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Drucker is quoting Drucker on that one. Yeah, that's really uh, oh, Drucker. Yeah, okay. I can't remember. No, that's good. That's I think a great Simon one. Simon was quoting Drucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so um, yeah, definitely. Culturally, there there were some challenges uh, for sure. You know, as far as you know, uh, style of, of of worship and 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 music and um, and uh, you know uh, uh, you know charisma as far as you know uh, um, preaching and, and and styles. There, I can remember um, my, our first time going to Champion City uh, Venue before we merged. You know, visiting on that that New Year's Eve service. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my one of my members at the time. Uh, sitting with me, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the worship leader uh, was up there leading worship. Uh, uh, leaned over to me and said, "You know, Pastor, this this is a little too much country for me. This, 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 is, this is a little too country, you know." Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't even have considered it country, but that was yeah was, uh, interpreted, you know, to her. I came across yeah. to her as, yep. as country. <laughs> yep, I get it. Uh, and so, definitely, you know. Uh, uh, Culturally, there were some things that we had to to break through, and uh, you know, one of the, the things that we began to do uh, began to do early on is, um, you know, I kind of took on the task of leading um, a worship team myself. Uh, you know, coming up um, within the church uh, as, as a musician, and then also still transitioning to a worship leader as well in the church that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, took on the task of, uh, of uh, leading a worship team, and uh, and so at least once a month we would try to have the worship team that I led. Uh, uh, present worship and uh, kind of, you know, uh, u- utilizing the, the songs that, that, that I was familiar with and uh, right. the first came up singing and uh, to, to give some diversity um, there with, within worship uh, on a Sunday morning. And then, uh, uh, likewise, uh, I preached in the same way, you know, became a, a regular part of the preaching rotation and uh, offering a little uh, different flavor and, and sound. Sure. And, really, and you know, a uh, familiar voice to uh, uh, to those uh, uh, who were accustomed to more charismatic and uh, type of preaching, and yeah, and so yeah. So beyond preaching and worship, Bruce or Amy, what what were some differences that you also uh, addressed differently? You want to say something? Goodness, um, yeah, I was I was thinking about it's still kind of lingering on the music thing because from our perspective, it was not just that we want to honor and make based for the gospel African-American style, but we wanted to be sensitive to not fall into tokenism or 
to not be authentic. Cause, and so I remember, you know, because I had a, a deeper musical training, I could sit down and play in the key of D flat and, and handle some of those gospel chords. Right. But some of our, some of our acoustic guitar driven, you know, vineyard style sure. worship leaders, you know, were kind of self-taught on the guitar and sure. maybe only knew six chords. And they just, they just felt like I, I, I can't even, I can't even technically different rhythms, different uh, yeah, exactly yeah, different rhythms, the syncopation, everything, sure. and so, so for us, it was also just about wanting to be authentic, and as Brene Brown says, awkward, brave, and kind. You know, like uh-huh. let's just find a way to say like I want to honor that, but I don't know how to play that. Right? Or can we, you know, can we do a guitar version of that? Um, can we transpose that into another key and? And so we we had some awkward conversations where we were all a little bit extra sensitive towards one another. So um, so I did want to just kind of add that, that yeah. even with our hearts being right, there were still technical cultural things to figure out. Mm-hmm. And then all of the insecurities of like, oh, I don't want to come across this way, or I don't want to, I don't want this to just be tokenism. So I do remember us talking from from the very beginning about wanting to have a sound, and we talked about that perpetual Pentecost of bringing cultures and languages mm-hmm. and flavors and ethnicities together, and that in the Book of Acts, that that kind of a unity brought power, and then that power resulted in a sound. Mm-hmm. So very early on, I think that anchored us, yes. because it was angsty. It was angsty, but we knew if we... If we didn't give in to what was easy, or if we didn't avoid it, if we actually leaned into more than a token kind of situation with a token, you know, here's our African American worship style. Right, do that one. Represented. Yeah, that once a you month. Know, we know representation sounds, right. matters, but it's not enough. <laughs> right, know? right. And so, um, you know, I think what anchored us was this devotion to we're going to come up with a sound that's us. We're going to have like some original music spring up out of this, and this is going to sound really cool. And I will say that music was actually a big part of of Bruce's journey too, mm-hmm. because he would hear a Bethel worship song with someone rapping during the interlude, and I yeah. mean, the man would literally get wrecked. And I think it's because what it represented was these things can go together, right? <laughs> Instead right. Instead of like which one of these things is not like the other, right? It right. Was really, it's beautiful. Like, there's a really authentic way to to pull this off, and it, and so when we would hear that in music or see that in art, it showed us that we could also press into that. But even things like we joked about the length of service, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because the African American church has some stamina. Yes. You know, and so the length of our services, it, you know, we were just lightweight when it came to, like, how long we could stand in worship. Right. I don't yep. know if the other guys think of that as a cultural thing. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one thing worship. I was going to mention. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, and so there would be, but it was, I found it fun to discover those things, and we kept a good sense of humor about it, right. you know, so. Yeah. So one. So I'm just. We've got. A, I, I want two questions. One, the main, the hardest roadblock, and two, what and the the, the biggest significance for why the church needs to be doing this. So the, those are my two final questions. I want to make sure we hit both of them because they're so important. The biggest roadblock, and then the biggest significance. 
Who wants to talk? I'll throw about one out it? quick. Mm-hmm. I'll throw one out quick, and then you guys go. But I definitely think we could have plateaued because we had good hearts. Mm-hmm. Like we had such good motivation and intention, but you don't know what you don't know. So the hardest part was actually choosing to be uncomfortable, like <laughs> to go into discussions and and reading curriculum and sitting and listening and realizing that, you know, having a good heart's not enough. You got to find out where you're complicit and where your privilege is. And um, so finding out that we were fragile as white people, that we were uncomfortable, that we that we still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, that that was hard. So choosing to be uncomfortable. Choosing to be I uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so um, I and I'm a big believer in the church, uh, and I off I want to highlight people. You know, but the main reason is like if we want our nation to heal racially, and with our the great divides that we have in our culture, we need the church to lead in racial reconciliation and healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, how do you feel like your church has stepped into that at the bigger scale of racial reconciliation? So maybe Bruce and Jason, you could just close us off with that. You want to go first, Jay? Sure. I, you know, just just taking taking a step. You know, um, you know, one step at a time, and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, being willing to step out there and and cross those lines and come together, being willing to say yes um uh is is a you know it's a key component you know um you know I remember Bruce and I tag teaming on on a sermon together and uh you know in in that sermon um he talked uh uh was based out of uh, uh Isaiah where it talks about the lion and the lamb you know laying mm-hmm. the laying together and uh, uh you know the wolf and the lamb and he said you know in order for that to happen um that uh he he was referring to to uh our white members as 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 the wolf and you've got to take lamb off of the menu yeah <laughs> um and, and then likewise you know i spoke to uh the black members of, of our congregation and said you know and as the the lamb we had to be willing to forgive uh, uh the wolf um and mm-hmm. so it's you know uh it goes both ways um yeah. and uh and so just be willing to say to say yes and 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 take a step um uh it brings about you know uh significant change um and uh you know just a you know quick you know testimony i remember one of the defining moments as you know we assembled this uh racial reconciliation um uh, team and uh you know diving in having those hard conversations that that amy uh talked about and reading uh books and uh you know studying curriculum and uh trying to learn you know, from one another um, in the curriculum, it talked about, you know, these catalytic moments, which kind of, you know, push us together even closer and, and push us further along down the road towards uh, regulation. And, and one of those catalytic moments that we felt happened within our, our body crisis recently uh, was the um, the incident with uh, George Floyd. Right. Um, and I can remember uh, uh, members of our church going down to um, our downtown there in front of the courthouse to... Um, to protest mm-hmm. uh, with those that that were standing um, uh, up and, and crying out uh, for for justice, and uh, I remember being down there, and uh, uh, there was um, you know a couple young white ladies, uh, one which was very much pregnant, uh, the other one uh, who had had a baby and was with a young child, and they're standing with me, and uh, the um, 
the crowd that was down there uh, had began to mobilize, and they decided they were going to begin marching in the middle of the street, you know, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, around downtown. And they looked at me uh, kind of with these, you know, this like you know this these sheepish look you know looks in their eyes you know like you know you know pa- pa- you know pastor you know do we go and and I said to them no we're going to stay right here the plan was to protest in front of the courthouse this is where we're going to stay because I didn't want in case any violence did break out you know like I said you know one was you know very much pregnant with child the other one right. had a young child I didn't want anything to happen to them right and so in that moment you know they saw that I had their back. And I knew just just by them being down there with uh, protesting with me that they had mine. Yeah, that's powerful. That comes down to the in our with our last minute. That uh, incredible example, uh, a, a microcosm of the bigger thing that God has been doing in your within bringing these two churches together as one. It's the kingdom of God. It's the it's the dream that we all want, yeah. but it's it's not some fancy pie in the sky. It's it it happened with. The leading of the spirit it happened with hard work and your faithfulness. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing this story. Uh, get we can't wait to get the word out. Any other way? Can anyone <laughs> learn more? Is there a book about this or anything that connects us in the last thirty seconds? Well, we um, were using the Amy. roadmap to reconciliation by Dr. Brenda Salter McNeil, but Bruce probably has a few more titles that's to throw out there. The roadmap to reconciliation. Well, that's a great recommendation. Thank. Bruce, Amy, Jason, this has been an incredible conversation. Love you guys and so appreciate what you're doing and hope we get to keep stay in touch with, with what God's doing in your guys' amazing ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank John. You, John. Thank for having you. Us. God bless. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.